Sullivan testing the Portuguese. You know, I like to be fit and healthy, so the best way I know is to just get out there and run. Running was an outlet for me to, I guess, feel good about myself and, and take out some of the angers that were going on in my life. Sonny O'Sullivan is going to take the world title back to Ireland. What are the training mistakes that even the elite athletes make? Today on Irishman Running Abroad with Sonia O'Sullivan, she joins me from Flagstaff, Arizona, where she's rejoined Nike's Union Athletic Club. And today we're going to ask her all about the mistakes she sees getting made over and over again. And how do you fix them? Most importantly, how do you fix them? We're recording this at 3.30pm Irish time, April 20, April 18th. <laughs> 2022 so super early start for you Sonia straight off the plane yeah it's um what was it 7.38 here in the morning but I was yeah I was awake quite a bit earlier yeah so you you've li- and, literally um, just flown so in for this flown in especially for this episode um, <laughs> from a new from, from a new location <laughs> but it's um I've been here once before and um, I don't really remember it very much because I'm only here for a few days. But what's really strange is I arrived into this house last night and I'm pretty sure I stayed either in this exact same house or something very similar the last time I was here. (laughs) It's really odd. uh, And how long ago are we going back there? So that was, I think it was 2005. Oh, wow. <laughs> so it's either it was, deja vu or I lived somewhere very similar to this. Yeah, it's definitely very similar. But in saying that, you know, oftentimes when you come back to a place you've been before, you recognize everything and mm. where everything is. But maybe it's far enough away that I recognize nothing. <laughs> so, but but I also did arrive in the dark last night. It was pitch black and uh yeah, so I'm waking up to now go and explore. Well, you're once I finish this all off here. A seasoned campaigner in terms of travel. I mean, I I still have your autobiography loaded on my phone as a as an ebook, and one of the things that I stumbled across in it uh, this week was just your tendency to need to be on a mission wherever it is you're going that there has to be a purpose as to why we're here (laughs) and if it's if the purpose wanes you need to go somewhere else what is the purpose of this Flagstaff visit? So the purpose of this trip is it's kind of like a pre-season training camp Right Golden Games track meet in um, Mount Sac on the weekend and one of our athletes, Raven Rogers, ran really well. She ran 158, 800 metres for her first race. So that's was pretty impressive. And then Sinclair Johnson, one of our newer athletes, finished third in 201. So they kind of kicked off their seasons. But now it's kind of back to uh, pre-season training um, because it's still quite a ways to go. It's only April. And the World Championships are in what, May, June, in three months' time. So... Um, they will have to go to U.S. trials um, in June and then on to the World Championships in Eugene um, in the middle of July. So everyone's kind of headed for that destination. And Flagstaff, I mean, from what I've seen online anyway, it seems to be where everybody is at the moment. Like there's a- athletes here from Ireland, from Australia, from Great Britain, uh, Germany. Coco's here with the German team. So, yeah, it'll be fun to kind of reconnect with everybody, you know, throughout this week. 
and then you know find the routine and the purpose of being here you know that's the main, the big thing is people have to find their routines and what runs they do on certain days and just how it all works and and the and the body reacts to that that's a big thing with training is that once you fix your routine and you do the same stuff over and over again then you get good at doing that and and you improve so yeah you got to find the boring routine and once you have that, <laughs> stick to it for a few weeks. So Flagstaff has become kind of a cool, sexy place to go for your for your camp. Has that always been the case? And is it mainly the altitude and kind of soft trails that are the attraction? I think so. I think the altitude is a big factor in people coming here. And I think at this time of the year, it's probably limited in the amount of places that you can go to at altitude where it's not too cold and... Mm. Um, it's, it's not too it's still snow on the ground so it seems when you're flying in here you just i mean it probably flew over the grand canyon for all i knew but there was a lot of mountains and there wasn't very much snow on the mountains so when we went to park city last year there was still quite a bit of the snow there so it probably is better to be here where the snow has melted and it's a bit cold early morning uh, but then once you're out there and the sun you get the full direct arizona sun it's it's pretty warm I have been here once before and I didn't actually really like it for some reason. Um, I don't know why. I was here with some other athletes, some of the athletes Nick was coaching, and I just came for a look. And um, yeah, I didn't love it too much, but hopefully I can you know, find, find it better. I asked Coco, I said, do you like Flagstaff? She said, I love Flagstaff. <laughs> so, well, that's interesting, we'll isn't it? I, I remember hearing Jerry Seinfeld say that, uh, you know, you can go for... Uh, hot dog. You can go to the fanciest restaurant uh, with the the worst people in the world. <laughs> it can be the worst meal you've ever had. But you can have a hot dog with someone who's fun to hang out with and it can be the best meal of your life. So, so much of it, I guess, does come down to the team and the crew that you're with. So hopefully that is the case, that you, you've got a good bunch of eggs there that will uh, that will make it fun. But speaking of mistakes... You you made like a proper running mistake this week when you left the 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 running watch in Cove. I mean, what, what, like for a lot of people, <laughs> running is pointless without the watch. How did you manage to do that? I know it's a total disaster, and I still haven't figured out what I'm going to do about it. <laughs> still mourning <laughs> the loss of the watch. <laughs> I know, and I can't rationalize buying a new one just yet, you know, and definitely not a new one at full price. <laughs> so yeah. if there's anyone out there in Flagstaff listening to us who's got a spare one that they can loan me, <laughs> I'll rent it off for a few weeks <laughs> after I get back to my own. Uh, but, yeah, no, it was one of those stupid mistakes. And it's weird because I had I ran on Saturday and I didn't run on Sunday. Uh, so I went to Fota on Saturday and had a nice run around there. And then on Sunday, is that what I did? Yeah, then on Sunday, I went for a bike ride. And when I was going for the bike ride, I was thinking, I must put my watch on here so I know the time because I didn't want to get back too late. And um, no, the opposite way around. It was Saturday. (laughs) (laughs) But that has happened to everyone this Easter weekend. We totally understand. Go ahead. So it all takes place on Saturday. I I ran on Friday. (laughs) In photo. And then I came back and I had a shower. And yeah, I took my watch off when I was in the shower, which I always do. But sometimes I'll take it off before and put it down somewhere. And because I was packing and everything 
And when I got up Saturday morning to go for the bike ride with the Cove Triathlon Club, and I have a different Garmin thing that I put on my bike, and I didn't see my watch anywhere. And I was, it was like I was cleaning the house. I was cleaning everything, going over everything. And the one place I didn't go and clean was the second shower, <laughs> not in my bedroom. And so I can see exactly where it is right now. <laughs> and I didn't realize it until I was on the plane from Cork to London. And I'm thinking, oh, I know exactly where my watch is now. Oh, and I was just hoping that I'd packed it in some pocket of some bag. <laughs> and it's not there. <laughs> Absolutely good. And, I mean, the, the uh, only thing worse is um, the only thing I can compare it to is the time I lost my wallet, fully lost it, was convinced, God, there's cash in this. There's the cards in it. Tina and Mikey losing their minds trying to find it. I'm out on the road looking under cars for it. <laughs> I cancel all the credit cards. And uh, I can remember the woman next door gave me the really helpful advice uh, in the midst of this panic of trying to find the wallet. She goes, you should never keep your cards and your cash in the same wallet. And I was like, oh, thanks for that. That's uh, really helpful. <laughs> this moment. Cancelled everything. Got into the house, flopped into my chair and found it behind my cushion. On the chair. <laughs> it's, it's like I nearly would have preferred to lose it at that point. But uh, it's a mistake that hasn't happened since. But I guess we are talking about the fixing of mistakes. I'm prone to so many errors, as so many of you are aware, if you've been listening to this podcast over the last 18 months. But fixing them is the crucial parts on you, right? Getting into that headspace of identifying mistakes and going about rectifying them. But that is just easier said than done because so many of us tend to be in this loop of what's comfortable and what's easy and reverting to our patterns. Is that the case from the fun runner right up to the elite runner? Yeah, but I knew when you mentioned this thing about mistakes that you've almost you obviously feel that you've you've made a few recently and you're trying to work out how do I keep making these mistakes? <laughs> you know, I've been at this for nearly two years now. Mm. And there's still and I think that's the thing with running is that you never get everything right. There's always you're always looking for something extra. Yes. And I suppose we make mistakes so that we can remind ourselves that we can't just take things for granted and we have to, you have to plan things out meticulously Yeah. or, you know, you just have to know what you're doing. And I don't know, what did you do this weekend that you went running on the motorway somehow? <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, look, uh, I can give you a list, the length of my arm of the mistakes I feel like I've made in the last three weeks from not really taking my recovery from COVID seriously. And I do think, like, I'm happy to admit this to the listeners because it's more real. Like, I, I thought I was over it. I went and did a silly thing. I ran too early. Then I went to Cove, did that run, uh, thought I was over it again, ran again too early. And I really delayed the recovery there. And I'm sure that that, again, is a mistake that you must see made all the time where it's racing back from an injury or an illness. And then, you, you know, you mentioned the run the other day and that was just an example of uh, what we've discussed in, in uh, towards the beginning of the podcast where 
You just go out in a run and you get it all wrong. You go the wrong way. You go too fast. You're exhausted halfway through the run. Uh, and you kind of just have to see it out. But like that's that's a that's just such a basic error that like it's one of those ones where you like slapping your forehead going, what was I thinking? How did I get this so wrong? But in terms of returning from injury, that is one that I think we should talk about. That mistake, that uh, overleaping ambition to come back quicker. How do you iron that crease out when you know that's in you uh, to come back too soon? Well, I think the problem that you had recently is that you were distracted. And, you know, I mean, I didn't try to not distract you by the fact that you had this big race or big event in Cove coming up. Mm. And, you know, more than anything, you wanted to do that. So we tried really hard to, to get there. And this happens a lot with people is that you have these massive big targets that you've been aiming for for a long time. And that's the whole purpose of your training and you're running every day. And then you kind of think, yeah, but if I don't do it, then it's such a waste, all the effort I've put in. And so you rationalize with yourself why you should be able to do it and how you can do it and how you can get yourself through it. And, you know, we discussed how, you know, in a way we were really surprised at how well you ran, how fast you ran um, and how well you managed the race. And, you know, the adrenaline and the excitement and the endorphins and the crowds out cheering that can kind of carry you through. So you probably wouldn't, wouldn't have been able to do anything similar mm. in a training effort. But because you're at an event and the excitement is there, you can push aside any ill effects that you have. And even people have done things like this with major injuries, like with stress fractures, like serious injuries that you shouldn't be able to run with, that somehow the adrenal, adrenaline <laughs> levels yes. and you know whatever you it is in your head can just kind of block out the pain and you can go out and do this massive big effort but then you cross the finish line and you can't even walk afterwards mm. and like you and when you're sick it's different because you don't have the same physical effects so you have like i suppose you have illness effects but it's it's often hard to see that or to see it clearly you can feel it but you can't describe it and physically you're doing you can do everything you need to do but then on normal lifestyle you start you can't do it so but it's hard to explain that to other people and they say yeah but you ran 10 miles on sunday Mm. how can you be how can you be so bad this week but you know you are and so that's when you have to really kind of step back and realize that okay i didn't really respect this last week so now i'm paying back twice as much because I have to pay back for the recovery I should have been taken and then for the massive effort I made when I shouldn't have been even able to do something like that. Yeah. So it's then how you react to that. And it's it's everything. It's how you react to everything along the way, whether it's an injury, an illness, you know, how, I suppose, how serious you take it sounds a bit extreme. But it's really how you weigh it up yourself more. So deep down, you know yourself, how you feel, you know what you're capable of and you know what percentage, you know, of normal feeling goodness that you feel. And then you have to work out, you know, what can I do with this now? And if I do this, am I going to be feeling a lot worse afterwards 
or am I going to get through this and then I'll you know, gradually ease back out of it. Yeah, I mean, what you're, the wider topic here is uh, tuning into what your body's telling you. Uh, in the past, I've said I didn't want to listen to my body because my body liked chips and watching telly. Uh, but <laughs> now I, I, I hear what you're saying, the understanding of what your body's capable of and where it can get you to and tuning into that voice that is your physiology. It, it still relates even further then to a, an issue of patience. And one person that we've talked about on this show before uh, is Pete McGill, who wrote the Fast 5K book that we relied on heavily to get me to Breaking 20 earlier this year. Um, he said in his book that the mindset that you're talking about here, Sonia, that needed to shift for a lot of people who were like me, unfortunately, having to admit that they were becoming an older runner, is not looking at certain metrics and starting to look at themselves as a runner, as a, an attempt to build a running body. What would you say to that? Like when I asked the question around the mistake of mentality, which is a, a kind of a rigidity, a focus on numbers, a focus on comparing yourself to the people on Strava, is the mindset that's needed closer to the McGill idea of this is my body, I'm building it for this activity? Yeah, I mean, there's there's so many different parameters and different things to look at, because where you are right now, where I am right now, is that you can make a lot of progression, but because you have the aging body <laughs> and people hate, hate to talk about this because we all want to be better and we all want to improve. And depending on, you know, where you're starting from, you can have a general linear progression of getting better a lot of the time. But as you're getting older, you're going to reach a crossroads where the aging effect is going to intersect with the training effect. And that's when you have run into trouble with balancing it out and how much you can do that's helping you to be better and how much or how too much you can do can be detrimental to you getting better. And it's a bit of a minefield, you know, where you're heading with this. Mm. And I, I have a book somewhere about this. I think it's probably in Portland. Like now, you know, I've got, I leave things everywhere <laughs> and it's hard to figure out where all these books are. But it was a book written by a guy in Australia. And it's, um, you know, the, I'll, I'll look it up. Oh, it's I... called The Older, Faster Runner. Um, it's a, it's a quite a good book. So they look at all different angles of not just purely running, but also strength training that you need to do to, you know, maintain your body so that you can carry yourself, you know, as efficiently as possible. Because as you get older, you do find tend that you tend to sit down a bit more when you're running. Hmm. And so... You, you gradually get slower the further you go. And that's where, you know, the kind of stopping and walking for a minute every now and then can help quite a lot um, because it just resets your running form when it starts to tire and kind of wear out and become bad. Um, yeah. You reset it and then you get going good again. I'm distracted now because I'm trying to think of this guy's name. Because I've met him. He's a really nice guy. Okay. Um, he's like 60-something and he runs well under... 20 minutes for 5k regularly a big advocate for um barefoot running as well 
yeah, the minimalist shoes rather than, you know, the maximalist shoes that everyone is wearing these days. <laughs> it isn't um, Bill Pierce by any chance. No. Uh, but I will include no, no. it in the notes anyway. If you want to get uh, the detailed notes to accompany these conversations with Sonia Sullivan, this is one of the big benefits of being over on patreon.com forward slash Irishman Abroad. Members get this kind of uh, accompanying document each week where anything that we reference here, we give you a link to it. You can go and then see the book. We'll also have extra kind of questions answered, uh, a few photos and extra stuff from Sonia each week. It's over on patreon.com. The episode is obviously an Excel site over there as well you get an extra 30 minutes of material and this week we'll have uh, emails answered and our now my favourite bit the embarrassing running story from Jantastic Jan Corcoran sent an absolute humdinger in and you'll need to be a member on Patreon to hear that but uh, let's let's push on forward because I'm sure we'll we'll come back around there to this um, kind of judging where you are in your running journey in terms of your age and all the rest of it. Let's talk a little bit about purpose again, because I think that when I'm at my worst as a runner, it's when I'm just lollygagging, out just ambling and my runs have no point. That occasionally you'll find yourself going, well, what am I even doing out here? Uh, now, you've obviously steered me away from this by having the plan every week, which again is part of the Patreon exclusive stuff. You'll give me a plan and I can kind of tell from the plan what the point of each run is. Is is not having a purpose to your running a mistake you see people making? Oh, yeah, everybody makes that from the best runners in the world to, you know, the beginners is that you kind of wake up in the morning and you're like, oh, what am I going to run today or where am I going to run? And so there's no kind of focus on what you're going to do. And you can end up wasting a lot of time procrastinating a bit and waiting for the sun to come out and just wasting time, really. Hmm. Whereas I think when you have a plan and a purpose, then you're, you can be much more efficient with your time. And when you're efficient with your time, your overall wellness is improved so much because you feel great when you actually complete something. And then when you've completed, then you can move on to the next thing and you're full of energy because you've actually gone out there and you've done something. It's just that good feeling you get from going from a run. And sometimes you can question it, you know, because you know it's going to be hard work when you go out there. You kind of, this is a bit of an effort here to go out. Hmm. But if you're doing it with a purpose in mind, then it can become effortless and it, it becomes much more enjoyable. And I think the same with the training sessions that we do or the threshold type runs there's just much more purpose and you feel like energized when you do something harder than something that's easier which (laughs) doesn't really make sense like last week i went to the track trevor cummins was going to the track in cork i sent him a message and just asked i said what are you doing tomorrow because i've been a bit like not on a proper plan recently since Cove, I kind of thought, no, I just need a break here. I need to take it easy. But then you still feel like you want to do something. And I said, what are you doing tomorrow? And he said, oh, I've got a bit of a session. And then he said, how about we go to your track in Cork? And I said, oh, yeah, let's do that. <laughs> and then I sent a message to Rob Heffernan, who was on the radio, Red FM. I said, what's, and what's your plan tomorrow? And he said, yeah, we can meet for a run. I said, where's Red FM? 
And so he told me where it was and we were going to meet near there. And then eventually we kind of all decided we were going to meet at the track, the Sonia O'Sullivan track in Cork at the Maradike. So um, UCC Athletics track. Very nice. I said we were just going there to make sure the signs were still up with my name on them. <laughs> yeah, just double were. check they haven't changed it. <laughs> <laughs> they haven't. And it's funny when you step into the track, you kind of look around and you think, where's the signs? Are they there? <laughs> like, oh, they're still there. This okay, is still my track. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it was so good. Like Rob is such a relaxed person that, you know, he he's a, he's a great, I mean, he's obviously a great coach. He's got some great walking athletes that he coaches, but also some 5K runners. And, um, so he goes, what are you doing? And so we go for a warm up. We go down to um, Fitzgerald's Park for a run around and a, have a chat, which is really nice. And then we came back and we were doing 12 times one minute fast, one minute jog or float. So we weren't coming to a complete stop. Hmm. And uh, Rob, Robbie's like, yeah, no, I'll do whatever you're doing, whatever pace you're doing. And he kind of made it so that we settled into a nice pace and it was it was hard enough. But then it was also enjoyable, you know, we, and we, we, every time we started at the same line on the track and finished at the same line in the fast stuff. And then for the recovery, we had to get back up to start at the same line again. So it kind of kept you under pressure, I suppose, in the recovery that you didn't slow down too much. So you had to get back up to that line again before you could go again, because it's sometimes it's easier to get a feel for the pace that you're going. Um, like if you're doing minute reps and you start at a particular line on the track, you can see the pace that you're going through 200 meters. Mm. So then you know you're given that same even effort. So yeah. it wasn't as fast as we could, but it was it was a good steady effort, like probably 5K pace. And then also maintaining the float in between the efforts. Um, because that's a mistake a lot of people can make. They can slow down too much. They can walk. And, you know, if you take too much recovery, then you're not getting the benefit of the intensity of the intervals that you're doing. Well, this was definitely going to be my, my next question uh, before we head around the parishes to give shout outs to everybody around the world in the Irishman running abroad. Strava Running Club. Effort <laughs> is the biggest problem for Irish men everywhere. <laughs> I've been saying this on stage the last while. They're like, just make an effort, lads. But it's just so hard to get the effort right, Sonia. Like you talk about effort there and trying to hold the effort and maintain the effort throughout. But I just find that one of the biggest challenges of the last 18 months for me, once we started doing track sessions, was you're feeling so great on that first effort that it bears no resemblance to the last one where the tank is fully empty and whether it's a fartlek or just simple repeats or whatever you're doing yourself how do how do you fix the mistake that so many people make where their first rep is fantastic <laughs> their last rep is basically as fast as their slow recovery well, you always have to have in the back of your mind that you can do the last one faster than everything else. So there's no excuses. No, nothing is accepted that that isn't fastest, the last effort. Okay. Because that's, that's how you practice finishing strong in a race. Okay. So the main thing is that you start off at a fast, relaxed pace. And it's, I suppose you have to be going at an effort that you're happy enough that this is fast enough that I can maintain this for you know, the next 10 or 11 efforts, however many you're doing. And so you just have to set your mind that you're 
going at this steady pace and you're not killing yourself, but you're you're just finding the zone, I suppose, that you get yourself into. Mm. But the consciousness of that final rep is what will get you to that pace, won't it? In a way, yes. I mean, the thing is, if you if you can't run the last effort, you know, we would say the same or faster. So it just can't be slower. It can be the same. And uh, Rob, he's laugh, always laughing at me because he can see that I really try hard, but, <laughs> you know, get to the last effort. And then we had a young, we had a little kid join us as well. He was a young boy. He was with his mother and his sister. And I think they were going to the swimming pool and he had some brand new runners on. And so he was kind of looking at what we were doing. And Rob says, come on, come over, join us, join in here. And Rob was trying to give him tactics, you know, on how to, you know, if you're running a race, you got to sit in here now and he's getting him to sit in behind me. (laughs) (laughs) And then Rob, Rob, he goes, yeah, you've just upped the pace a little bit there because we're running with a (laughs) 10-year-old. Amazing. He's like, I can't believe you, you know. It's like a little bit of competition and like nudge the pace up a little bit. (laughs) (laughs) Couldn't let him have it. But it it was totally subconscious, you know. It wasn't one of those things that... (laughs) Yeah, automatically, you know, <laughs> it's ingrained in the brain you know, when there's other people around that you have to show off a little bit. We have so much more to get to. We really do. Uh, I have so many more questions to ask you on this issue of mistakes. And lots of people have submitted the mistakes that they tend to make and can't seem to stop making. Uh, you can hear, as I said, the whole thing, the rest of the conversation over on Patreon dot com forward slash Irishman abroad. I do want to give a couple of shout outs here as we go around the parishes before we say goodbye uh, to our listeners on the free platforms. Brian, roll that, roll that tune. I think, Sonia, the first shout out needs to go to Connor Ryan and his family. It is, of course, the anniversary of the passing of his wife, Gillian Ryan. He and his kids did a 5K in her memory uh, where the kids tag teamed in. Uh, Really beautiful to see it. And uh, I'm definitely going to do a run this week in memory of Gillian. And I'd encourage anyone else who remembers her and what a positive force and energy she was at our running club until her untimely passing. So that's my first shout out to Connor Ryan and his brilliant kids. Yeah, that was a great effort. I'm just looking at it now. He's got the pictures of them up mm. running around and it's lovely to keep the memory alive through through running. And um, yeah, I noticed that Trevor had done his run in memory of um, Gillian as well this week. So I will definitely be keeping her in mind when I'm running around the mountains here in, um, in Flagstaff this week. I want to give another shout out here to James Carty, who people will remember as the uh, violinist uh, extraordinaire pacemaker for Breaking 20 out at Lee Valley Velo Park when I just didn't make it. He ran his first ever half marathon at Victoria Park this weekend in what he calls an absolute disaster. He went wrong, he says, at the end. Missed the finish, missed his finish line and did 1.5k less than he should have. What's what's the killer is he was running at an average pace of 3.59, finished with a time of 1.17, but only covered 19.4 kilometres. He was absolutely mortified. I actually got a little voice note from him to explain how this happened. So maybe we'll play that now, Sonia, and let you hear this. 
Yeah, so I was taking part in the Victoria Park half marathon this weekend. It was a beautiful day in East London. Uh, my first half marathon race, really enjoyed it, found it tough. Um, I won't lie, it was tough, but, uh, but at the same time I was feeling comfortable. Towards the end, I suppose, in, with the rapidly diminishing um, fitness levels and the uh, ability to breathe and I don't know, oxygen depletion, whatever. Uh, you could be a little bit confused, you know, but uh, I was running neck and neck with a guy, you know, we were having a little bit of banter that we were pulling each other along for quite a, quite a while, a while we were overtaking each other and uh, he went he went for the finish and so did I. Turns out he was in the 10k race, assumed I was in that and I assumed that he was in the half marathon race. So uh, when I got came through the, I thought it did come up quick, I thought I, thought I had more to go here and uh was annoyed actually because i had loads left in the tank for the sprint finish but, uh anyway came through and over the tannoy system uh james carty comes home in second position in the half marathon i'm thinking <laughs> not bad no first attempt of the half marathon second you know maybe next year i'll, I'll win it time of 117 and uh i look behind me and there's a guy comes in Cruz is in and uh, this guy had his name on his Finland singlet. I thought hmm, he looks like a bit of a pro. So then I checked the watch and I was a, a kilometer and a half short. So uh, I was mad. But, uh, anyway, good experience. <laughs> I absolutely love it. It just it just makes me so happy to know that other people are screwing up in the same kind of way that I would. My heart goes out to James, but I guess it happens to the best. But where, of them. Where did you... Where did he lose the kilometre and a half? I, I, have, I guess they had a different finish line for the 10k people. Or there was a, ter- a duck oh, off. Right. Uh, because it's, you're kind of running laps at this park to do it. Uh, oh, right. Yeah, yeah. That, yeah. James, that could nearly win most embarrassing running story. But we've got a, a dinger for, for Jan Corcoran's <laughs> <laughs> embarrassing running story. In the second half of the show, you have to come over to patreon.com forward slash Irishman abroad to hear it. Sonia, do you have a, sh- a shout out you want to do before we go? I do have one. I have one actually. It's from the the Cove Ten Mile last week. It's um it's actually someone I know, Martin Canty, and um, his wife Jennifer Ring, who's a good friend of mine, was supposed to run, but unfortunately she picked up COVID a few days before, oh. and um, so she so Martin ran took her number, and he was hoping not to win any female prizes. <laughs> um, I, did, I I think he did try to change his number, but it's you know it's not always easy a simple thing to do that. So he was running along and um, I kind of forgot he was going to be running. And then we were running out at around the four and a half mile mark. And I was talking to Rob and next thing Martin, he looked behind him. He goes, ah, there you are. (laughs) And I said to him, I said, yeah, and you're still running the same. Because I used to give him a few training programs to try and get him to run faster over the 5K. And I was forever telling him, you know, don't start too fast. And uh, yeah, we caught him, caught up to him at four and a half miles, and I knew straight up then he'd gone out too fast because we just cruised, cruised right past. <laughs> no, you you've gone too fast the first half here, but he did well to hang on in there and finish in seventy four minutes, exactly, oh, very nice. and um, four thirty five per kilometer. And I and I know that he hadn't been doing a whole lot of running in the lead up to that because he actually had COVID himself at some stage along the way. 
So, um, yeah, no, that was pretty impressive to just turn up and run. And yeah. I think he had run about once or twice the week before. Yeah, that's also the annoying thing about James Carty is that he's not even, he's only really started running from listening to this podcast. Uh, so, yeah, my, fair play to him. That's a that's a huge effort. And um, let me say one thing before before we go. I got a, a terrible bang of nostalgia for the Cove 10 this week. I'm not sure if you felt this at all, Sonia, but I just had this moment where I remembered it and I was like, Jesus, it was feckin', it was so much fun. It's <laughs> like, I just wanted to be back there again. I don't know if you if you had that. I guess you were down there uh, for days afterwards. I was there and um, I actually was glad we weren't back there because both Sundays after the run, I, I went for a bike ride both Sundays and the first Sunday after I went by myself and it was probably one of the, the others, the triathletes had all gone on the Saturday and then I had to go by myself on a Sunday and it was really windy and the headwind coming back in <laughs> along the seafront. I was thinking, I'm glad we didn't have this uh, a week before. And it wasn't so, and it definitely wasn't so sunny either. And it was the same this week. There was, um, yeah, it was, we definitely lucked out with the weather. And um, yeah, I think we've put in the order for next year already for sunshine and windless day. Yeah. And, uh, on April the 2nd. April the 2nd. That's the date. Get it in your diary there for the next Cove 10. Uh, if you want to go back and hear the sights and sounds of that experience that I got so nostalgic and dewy eyed for this week, the sights and sounds episode is there. Final shout out before we go to the break to Barry Slowey. Bernard Slowey's brother, who is another freak of nature, who's only recently started running, immediately qualifies for the Boston Marathon and ran it today uh, as we record this. Congratulations to you, Barry. Absolute legendary stuff there. Uh, I apologise to Bernard for not giving the shout out last week when you needed the look prior to it. But we're saying a big congratulations to you today. Yeah, I'm what I'm what I was watching the Boston Marathon while we were recording this. And uh, it looks fantastic to have so many people out there cheering. And you have that ver- very obvious American cheering system where it's just kind of constant yelling and clapping. And <laughs> yeah, it's a constant Oprah show. Uh, yeah, we'll, well, listen, uh, let's take our break and we'll see you all over there. This is the week I think that you should sign up. Uh, we'll see you over there on patreon.com forward slash Irishmanabroad. One of the keys to like maintaining your brain mass is pushing past that comfortable zone physically, you know, exercise wise. Imagine, you know, a world where everybody could go out the door and engage in the kind of exercise that's going to make them more relaxed, more healthy, burn off stress. <laughs> 